What's up, guys? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Brap, brap. The former informer, Imran Khan. Brap, brap. And the new face of video games, Blessing at Ayoye Jr. Brap, brap. I'm loving it. Im- you know? Imran uh, I know it lives and dies by the natural light like I do. He looks like I am having a vision right now. Like the Holy Ghost is speaking to me. <laughs> it's the third day Imran just wrote from his grave. <laughs> I've noticed that like the shirt color I wear seems to matter for this thing. Simply. So like depending on the sunlight, if I wear a white shirt, it's going to glow like I'm literally ascending to heaven. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So Most now I'm going mean. mostly white shirts for this sort of thing. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I'm just doubling down. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking like a lobster still. And I and I know that I normally do in real life, but there's something happening. Because on my camera, I'm just like a light pink. But here, <laughs> Greg, what would you describe this as? I mean, I already said bit by a radioactive lobster, and I'm not going to pull oh, wow. away from that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what happened to you. At first, I said, oh, no, it was, wait, no, yeah, I know that's right. It tomato. Was, I'd say tomato. Ah, oh, that's what it is. You said lobster. I knew it was Tim, what if you change all the lights just to normal I, colors? I, I did it yesterday, Kev. I, I turned it, and it didn't didn't do anything. I'll do it for you right now, though. And then what turn color the do you camera, want? Uh, let's go with uh, daylight, and then turn the camera on and off. That seems like way that's too that's too, way too warm. That's not daylight. I hit I hit. You went tungsten. Oh, nobody goes tungsten. <laughs> nobody goes tungsten. It's I'm weird. It looks like it's and black and white behind you. Turn now. Turn the camera on and off. Do y'all remember Greg, a Luma ring? Hey, it's me. It's Greg. Like, do, do Luma, I remember that, the Nuva ring? That birth no, control? A Luma room. Oh, I know about Nuva ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like a projector behind you. Is this to make an entire room a screen? No, I remember that this is a thing that existed. I don't think I ever actually like put it into market. But it, it was just, yeah, yeah. It was right when they were like talking about connect. It, it was in between the two connects, and it was uh, before the hollow map, hollow lens, hollow lens. Yeah, before hollow lens. Yeah. yeah, it was. It seemed like a cool idea if you had all this stuff, but like they never actually did anything with it. Oh, Imran, it was a cool idea. And me and Kev are living our best fucking lives right now having it with Hue lights, okay? <laughs> when we play games, all of these lights interact. It's Dude, fantastic. Anyways, Tim, speaking of games, this is the kind of funny games cast. What's up, Kev? I will let you finish. What's it up? looks insane right now. It looks like it's Photoshopped and they took out all the colors <laughs> except for blue and green. <laughs> it's really cool. And you still look red as shit. <laughs> like, Tim looks like he's in like some kind of spaceship from uh, Black Mirror right now. <laughs> it does look like a Zoom background, yeah. Tim I was going to say it looks like an like action movie cover, like poster. Yeah. Sure. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Uh, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. Uh, you can get the show on YouTube. You can also get the show uh, ad-free by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can also be a Patreon producer there like James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Delaney Twinning, Jeffrey P. Long, Jesus Barrio, Skin Tight Salmon, Game Jumper X and Muhammad Muhammad, we appreciate all of you very much. If you'd prefer to listen to us, we give you that option as well. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Cast, and we'll be right there for you. Um, that's really all the rigmarole stuff that I, I, I got to do. How are you, gents, doing? I'm doing good. Chilling. Um, great, great, great. <laughs> Blessing, how are you? <laughs> that's the, I, in the land of Discord and Zoom calls and like social distancing, that, like an open-ended question is the worst kind of thing. Like, oh, what? Uh, who goes yeah. when? 
I'm doing all right. I've been, I've been playing you? some video games, you know? Yeah. Liar. Yeah, man. Uh, there's this game that I've been playing for the last couple of days called Rogue Company. Okay. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with this one. This is one that was shown off during that last Nintendo Direct Mini Partner <laughs> Showcase or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, how and can we it, forget? Oh, how can you forget, right? And it had like a very quick trailer. It looked like a very generic shooter. And to be fair, it is a very generic shooter. Um, but yeah, it's out on like Switch and PS4 and pretty much all the platforms. This um, is the one they doubled down on. They did like two different trailers for, right? During the same. Maybe. Thing? maybe. Yeah, yeah the, I remember this. In the, yeah, the, and yeah, the, this guy hacked Jeff Keighley's stream, right? Yes. Like, oh, yes. Glitch, yes. Jeff. And he's like, oh my glitch. God, glitch. Yeah. So this is a game that's coming out of High Res Studios. And uh, High Res, they did um, Paladins. And I think they mm-hmm. might have also did Realm Royale. Um, and so like yeah. they're 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 kind of that studio that like sees trends happening in like multiplayer uh, shooters and kind of just goes after them and kind of just like yeah. makes their own. I don't want to say generic because I feel like that's a mean way to put it. But I mean, Paladins is generic Overwatch. Like there's not yes. a real whole lot. There's not a good way to get around that. Like maybe some people like it better, but it is Overwatch without the Overwatch style. Yes. And so I kind of pegged them as that studio. And I think that works pretty well for them. The fact that they're like, oh, yeah, we have Paladins, which is just, just our Overwatch. We have Realm Royale, which is our Fortnite. And I think the thing the thing I will say about Realm Royale is that I think Realm Royale, when it came out, was pretty unique. Like it added some unique elements to that over, over uh, not Overwatch, to that Fortnite formula, right? Where it's a battle royale, but it's meant to also have the style of something like World of Warcraft. Um, it has like a class system where you can pick the kind of character uh, you want to play. Um, and also like the environment itself had a lot of diversity in terms of, hey, over here in this, in, or uh, in this map, over here in this corner, you have like your snowy area. Over here, you have like your green area. Over here, you have this. Over here, over here you have that. And when you die, you turn into a chicken. Cool stuff. Um, and I, I played a little bit, a little bit of Rome Royale when it came out, um, and thought it was cool. Um, but then it quickly got overshadowed by Fortnite updating and then other battle royales coming out. Um, so Rogue Company, I saw the trailer and I was intrigued, and so I reached out for a code on PlayStation, started playing it, and it is basically Rainbow Six Siege meets the last Last of Us multiplayer, like Last of Us factions. Um, I'm gonna say like 80% Rainbow Six Siege though. Like it is very much a, a hey, we played Rainbow Six Siege. We like what they're doing here. We're gonna make a four v four objective based team shooter where it is tactical. You are choosing your your operator. Um, each operator has different like abilities and all these things. Um, the reason why I, I also point out uh, Lastless multiplayer is one is four v four, but then also uh, toward the beginning of each round where the rounds are uh, um, like pretty much like capture an objective or like plant the bomb um, on an objective. It's that type of thing. So the kind of thing you'd expect from a Rainbow Six type game. Uh, at the beginning of each round, you are paying for upgrades and paying for abilities before you actually mobilize onto the map. Um, honestly, game's kind of fun. Like I was not expecting to, to play as much of this game as I have been playing, uh, but I've been enjoying it. it. has a really interesting, cool style. Uh, has a really great soundtrack. It is very much a, it very much does feel like a, hey, you know, we played Siege. Hey, we've seen other games. We've seen games like Lawbreakers. We've seen, uh, we've, we know what people like out of these shooters. Let's just put together the things people like. Um, and playing, playing it, you know, it seems like a very competent game. 
Like not amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, what a box quote. It's a very yeah, competent very game. Like with it's like, buttons and controls <laughs> and movement. This is a video game, game you can interact with occasionally for a long time. But like it, it, it that's the thing though, is that it doesn't do anything that's remarkable or anything that's even like interesting. But <laughs> but it's a fun game. Like I, I, I enjoy playing it. It's a good time waster. Like it's it is it is a blast, but it doesn't do anything special, which is the thing I'll I will say about it. It's free to play, right? Like not even just during the beta no. like, period. Oh, it's it's a buy. It's not it, you have to buy no. the game. This is the thing that I had to figure out because I was very confused. And I might even be wrong about this, but as I understand it. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna look this up because I was looking this up and I was like, because this is why I had to reach out for a code. Because I was based on what I saw, it was like you had to buy a founder's pack to get into the beta. But I feel like the actual final game will be free to play. Huh. I think See, I've been thinking that I've been playing the final game, and so I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like there, the messaging on this is 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 not great. But as I understand it, right? The oh wait, okay. I'm looking at a thing on Wikipedia right now that says the early access release was July 20th, which makes me think that okay, maybe I am playing early access and not the final game, which I thought I was playing. Um, so yeah, maybe the final game is going to be free to play, but. Basically, right now they have different tiers of packs you can buy, and so you can get like the standard, like low tier for I don't know how much, like let's say fifteen or thirty dollars, somewhere somewhere between there, and then you can like get the the tier up package for like fifteen dollars more than that, and then the ultimate package for fifteen dollars more than that, and basically that will get you access to more skins um, and more uh, characters you can unlock because like Rainbow Six Siege, you are buying these operators like. With like the standard edition, you get a number of operators you can choose from, which again like have different abilities, different perks, and all that stuff. Like different operators uh, uh, change the way that you can play the game. Uh, but with like the ultimate pack, you then get access to all of them, and so that's that. That's basically the 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 pricing structure right now. But whether or not it's going to be free to play when it finally comes out, I think I think if if it is, that'll be a very good thing for this game because playing it right now, I'm like, all right, whatever the pricing structure on this thing is. I don't know. I don't know if this is it. Like, I don't know if, if, if paying full price for this game is the way to go because it, it, once again, like not doing much special, pretty basic in terms of like the, the, the different stuff going on. Like it is not, it is not that deep of a game, but again, so why, like, it's fun. Why are you playing it instead of rainbow six siege? It's something different. You know, like I played so much Rainbow Six Siege that I feel like I've gotten I've gotten to that point where I'm like, I know what this game is. Like I'm having I'm playing it, you know, for the fun and all that stuff. But I think the thing that keeps me coming back to this game is the fact that it seems like it's it's an it's a twist on that. And so it's third person, it's not first person like Siege. Okay. It's somewhat tactical, but not as tactical as Siege. Like this feels like a casual version of siege and so like it it is giving me more of a laid-back experience than that game and that's doing it for me i think like that's the thing that i'm coming kind of coming to this game for is not kind of turning my brain off and just shooting shit um and that being fulfilling are you playing on ps4 or ps4 yeah okay i does it seem like a game that would scale well for switch because they've been showing it on new at least two nintendo directs now so mm -hmm. it's I don't know if that's going to be a game that I would play necessarily, but if I did play it, maybe I would try it on Switch. I think it would run fine on Switch because it's not like that much of a graphically intense game. Like it's not, it's not blowing the technology to like it, its greatest limits or anything. The thing I will say is that 
actually controlling the game, I could see this game playing best on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, even on PS4, playing with a controller, yeah. I am like, oh man, I you're doing like a lot of it's a third person shooter, right? A third person competitive shooter, and so I'm doing like a lot of switching shoulders. I like the ping is mapped to down on the D-pad, and I legit sat in the settings and was. I was remapping my controls, trying to figure out like, okay, what's the best way for this game to play? Because it seems like for a competitive third-person shooter like this, I don't think there's a there's necessarily a, necessarily a science for how that game should play. And so, like right now, the default controls are um, like R1 to switch shoulders, L1 to do your gadget, it, to, do your, to do your special ability. It is like L1 and R1 together. It, it's stuff where it's like, all right, this is this probably would work a lot better on a keyboard and mouse. Um, and this is me saying that as a console player, as somebody traitor. who prefers You're controller. A traitor. But like, it's so complicated in, in this game uh, in terms of the way it controls. And I can't imagine that being much better uh, on Switch, especially if you're playing handheld uh, on Joy-Cons. That sounds like almost a nightmare for me. <laughs> but uh, speaking of playing things on Switch Blast, what else have you been playing? Oh, man, I've been playing some of that Donkey Kong Country. It's part, of, right, it's part of Nintendo Switch Online. Hell what yeah. a great How game. How are man. you? Uh, I've made it to I think like the third map or maybe the second map. I've I've gotten a couple of levels back. past um past uh, the the train um uh you know what I'm talking about like the, the cave like you're you're going mine through cart? the minecart yes minecart yeah. is what I was thinking of uh the minecart level I'm like a couple levels past that and man this game oh, has yeah. a difficulty jump that I forgot about dude the difficulty jump <laughs> in Donkey Kong Country <laughs> is where the save points Donkey Kong Country one are is where the save mm-hmm. points are located like there's a stretch somewhere around the second island that straight up you need to get through about three or four challenging levels like straight through without like getting a game over to get to that save point or else you're going to be doing them over and over and over it's going to be real real frustrating because i think one of those levels is a minecart level that are that really test your patience that minecart level is difficult this version has save states and rewinding though and then there you go. Then you're good. <laughs> I, I've been trying. I've been trying not to do that, and I finally yeah, like gave up. And I was like, "All right, no, I'm doing this because fuck that." Um, but yeah, like trying to play, trying to play it. I'm gonna say try to trying to play it raw. You know, as mm-hmm. one would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the <a> phrasing. <laughs> yeah. Trying to trying to play Donkey Kong Country raw, man, is an experience because yeah, like to 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 Tim's point, game is difficult, and there are quite a few levels where I found myself actually like depleting lives um especially because in that first in that first map i got i got up to like what 10 or 11 lives i thought i was doing real good but yeah that that minecart level plus some levels that come after that oh man it's it's a struggle it's a it's a big struggle but fantastic game still like i've been having a blast going back to it yeah which is your favorite donkey Kong country game blessing i see i've only played uh through most of donkey donkey kong country one donkey kong country two was a game that uh, was at my friend's house that I'll play there. And I think the same with three. And so like really only like DKC is the, is the one that I refer back to. And even, even Donkey Kong Country, this is going to upset you. Um, as a kid, I had the Game Boy Color version. Oh. I didn't have the oh, Super Nintendo. The music was so bad yeah. in that version. <laughs> oh. uh, but I was all about it. But yeah, like I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. And so I played those games at a friend's place. And so I didn't I really like- get the full experience. Two is the only one that can kind of hold up to a tropical freeze. Mm-hmm. But like three, a lot of people want to defend three. And I'm like, I don't remember three being that good. So I'm eager for them to put it on this list. I don't know, this SNES online thing and try it out again. Because I remember it being like a really pale imitation of two. Three is demonstrably worse than than two. Even one. One has its quirks. And I think a lot of them is more pacing than anything. Um, and also it's like way, I prefer to be Diddy almost 
every single time over Donkey. Really? I feel like that's why I enjoy two so much more is that mm-hmm. Diddy and Dixie both feel equally kind of viable in most of the situations. And then, then they add Kitty Kong in three and they mess everything up. But yeah, Tropical Freeze is just, it's it's a masterpiece. And I would argue Donkey Kong Country 2 as well. So I'm eagerly anticipating them bringing it onto this. I, I am baffled that they're all three aren't already on the service. Mm-hmm. But to an extent, I'm kind of happy they did it this way just because now I'm actually replaying through one in, in a way that I totally wouldn't have done. I would have just skipped mm-hmm. straight to two. I mean, here's the thing. The service is actually pretty good because I've been playing Kirby recently with my girlfriend. And it's you can play it online, and it's so easy, and people are able to drop in and drop out, and it's this way to play these games that I was never able to do as a kid growing up because I didn't have anyone to play like Kirby with me. But if I want to <laughs> play Donkey Kong Country online, I could, and that's it's ridiculous that they just kind of have this cool service that they kind of underbake in a lot of ways that it should have every Donkey Kong Country game. It should have Act Razor and all that. Where is right Earthbound? Like, that's the one I'm waiting yeah. for. Because I love Earthbound. It's on the SNES Mini, so there's no reason it shouldn't be on this already. It's bizarre, man. It's ridiculous. Do you guys, uh, speaking of this kind of, what do you guys think is going to happen this year with the service? Like, every September, we've pretty much gotten some type of increase, whether it's here's the Nintendo games, here's the Super Nintendo games. Do we get Game Boy games this year? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. What do you say, Greg? That'd be awesome. I said, ooh-wee. No. <laughs> I can't think of what they could possibly add that would be like... Because they seem hesitant to go beyond SNES in just general. Like, they've yeah. not put any out any more minis. They haven't put any out any more, like, virtual console-style games. They've even slowed down the existence of these games down to, like, the quarter. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of what they could could do... Aside from maybe like another Tetris 99 style thing of like, here's some more just free games that come with your subscription. Yeah, I'm kind of with that too. I don't necessarily see them uh, doing a whole big, like, I feel like we get the Game Boy Mini or the Game Boy Special Edition, like whatever that actual physical item is. I think they would want to introduce that before going, before adding those games to Nintendo Online. Because if you, if you add them to Nintendo Online, then I feel like there's way less of an incentive to want to actually buy uh whatever the the game boy mini could actually be if it comes out and so like if if that's not the case then i could see them adding another game but i think i kind of come back to the question of how much does nintendo care like how much do, like how much does it matter to them that they give you something yearly to to be involved with with nintendo online well, um, especially they, now that animal crossing is out the reason they do that on september is because everyone's yearly passes come out yeah. in, like end up in september oh. so, so that's why i'm to, expecting like, something yeah i, well, I would you say something I, I mean, that's the thing is like I'm between N64 or Game Boy and I feel like N64 is just being a little too wishful thinking. But I also think that that would obviously be a much bigger get. The Game Boy games are interesting because it's like, you know, and, and people might think I'm crazy for this if you're Jared Petty. But like looking at the Game Boy, the, just the Game Boy's library, I struggle to come up with like a top 10 that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like there's Pokemon, there's Link's Awakening, there's mario land and then you start running tetris. out of things <laughs> hey and, man and, and tetris yeah but, it's like Dark even then. Stories. but like but that thing is like i feel like where the game boy and specifically game boy color really shined was more just like those random what game did you grow up with the terminator 2s of the yeah, world you know terminator what i mean it's like two. game boy is uh kind of like i feel very different compared to any of the mainline consoles um and gba i think is a bit more interesting of a prospect but i don't expect them to jump that far ahead so soon but yeah. or soon <laughs> all of this should have been there since day fucking one yeah. but you know 
whatever. It is what it is. Uh, speaking of older games, though, uh, something I've been playing a lot is Crash Bandicoot 4. I did a, a first impressions um, over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games with uh, Barrett, where both of us got to sit down and play the demo, which was essentially three levels from the game. And I can't stop going back and playing it. Like wow. just trying a hundred percent it, trying to like, and cause it's like, they're, they're pretty chunky levels. Like it's uh they're it's traditional crash, but they modernized it in a way that they made the levels longer with more checkpoints and the checkpoints kind of function to make the game more like a Celeste type experience where it's almost like rooms to complete. And then once you get to that checkpoint, you're fine. And if you're playing in modern mode, you don't have lives. Like it's not like traditional setup of, uh, after you get four deaths, you get a game over. It's like you can just keep going as many times as you want. So it incentivizes you to try to get all the Celeste strawberries, or in this case, all the fruit, break all the crates and all that. And they're really kind of taking everything that you love from the original Crash games, trying to minimize all the bullshit that people didn't like. And I don't want to talk too long about this because you can go check out my first impressions, but I am blown away by the game so far. It is easily if it keeps up this quality, going to be the best Crash Bandicoot game that's ever been released. Wow. And like, I understand that a lot of people like don't like those games, but this reminds me a lot of Tropical Freeze or Sonic Mania. And it's like, that's extremely impressive to me because ever since the ga- they announced this game, I was like, this looks like something that I'm into, but I'm now like, wow, this is one of my most anticipated games of this year. <laughs> I saw someone online having a complete meltdown that Dr. Cortex is playable. They're like, oh, this totally betrays the crash story and lore. Like he's been a villain for so long. I'm like, mm, I, they, I find myself play not Mario caring. Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a super weird take. And uh, Cortex <laughs> levels are super awesome. Very hard. This game is hard as shit, uh, but in a way that makes you want to just keep going back and not be frustrated by it. Like it's it's it, and it, there's the different levels of challenge. Like before uh, in a crash game. They're not that difficult. There's certain elements and certain one, Crash 1 was very difficult. But otherwise, any real skill level you can play through the game if you just put your mind to it. But what the real perfectionist would do is like have to break all the crates to get the gems, find the secret gems and all that. This game now adds other features where you have to collect a certain amount of fruit and you get a different gem. If you die less than three times going through a level, you get a gem. So there's like a lot of collectibles based around these challenges that incentivize a lot of replay value and these levels are designed in a way that replaying them is fun because there's a lot going on and it's it doesn't ever feel as repetitive as some of the older games and there's such a great balance between 2d and 3d gameplay i'm just like pretty blown away man toys for bob are are nailing it and it makes me so excited to be uh the type of gamer that i am that we're getting crash bandicoot 4 and tony hawks pro skater one and two within a month of each other and that vicarious visions toys for bob they're all putting so much loving care into these products and, and making sure that they're not cheap cash-ins. And this is coming from Activision. Like the reason I want to talk about it on this show is like, I am so impressed with how Activision is handling their lesser properties right now. Not the call of duties, not the overwatches and all that stuff. But like, I don't know how much you guys talked about it on uh, the games dailies. I'm not on, but uh, such a key part of the Tony Hawk experience is the, the music. And not only are they bringing back, 98 percent of the songs from one and two and there's like three songs they can't get because of licensing things that they tried to get um they're also adding like 37 new 37, songs and they announced news. it they announced it today they announced the list like bless have you seen this list 
I I peeked at it. I haven't actually like gone through and looked at the at all the different songs on there, but I think I saw a tribe called Quest. They got yeah. "Can I Kick It" from a tribe called Quest. Dude, that's awesome! <laughs> like, that's are you amazing. fucking kidding me? And so, like, what I love about it is they actually went back and uh, got the music supervisor, uh, Brandon Young, who worked on all the other original Tony Hawk titles, to come back and help curate this soundtrack. And they worked with all the new this generation skaters to make sure that they're getting songs that represent their taste currently um as well as going to a lot of the classic skaters that we know and asking hey what what should have been in tony hawk one and two that wasn't there and can i kick it got brought up and so like cool we'll get that but uh it's it's cool because i was reading this thing where uh this is it's music from the 80s all the way to the hits of today it's further represented through songs from over half a dozen countries and genres so like they they're going through this multi-language songs in this. I'm like, this is just so freaking rad that a new generation is gonna get to not only play these classic games, but understand the music that made them so special. And I'm stoked about it because I'm gonna get some new music introduced into my life. And it's I feel like it's been a while since I've had this type of curated care put into music in a video game do you, do and maybe i'm just this, not looking in the right place but do you think this ends up being the return of tony hawk pro skater like do you think this is what sets the the feature what the franchise could be in terms of what a new tony hawk pro skater game could be following up on this yes if and that if is it feels as good as crash 4 feels and hmm. based on that i think it's going to i need to get my hands on tony hawk before i can actually give it a definitive answer there um, but it really seems like these guys care. These teams care, and they're being given the 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 power to kind of make the decisions to make these games matter and set up for a future. Like Insane Trilogy ended up turning into Crash 4, right? So I feel like with Tony Hawk, I imagine we'll get one and two if it does well, when it does well. Uh, it will get a three and four, and then at some point, I don't know, thug? But then after <laughs> that, I imagine they'll move on to their own, uh, like a new thing, and that's quite exciting to me yeah you don't think that you think they'll keep remastering rather than if one and two are a success and they are that it'll just be enough to go straight to making a new tony hawk well looking at the where these teams have kind of done over the last couple of years they went from the insane trilogy to spyro trilogy to crash team racing remake like i, I kind of think it makes the most sense to go to the go keep going back to the well for as long as the water tastes good <laughs> Okay. And like, there's still well, a lot of good water in there. I was gonna say, <laughs> if, if this well, makes is sense. there because because you know what, like what what is the water left? Because I feel like with Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right? We, right now we have one and two. I think a smart thing, or maybe a maybe this isn't a smart thing. Uh, but I was gonna say like a possible thing though could be hey plus three expansion plus four expansion, and I'd then from that. there you that's know, ideal to me. Like I think that could be awesome. I could also see a world where they go, all right, let's just release Tony Hawk pro skater three plus four as like a separate follow-up mm-hmm. game um but at a certain point i feel like they they, they kind of run out uh, like thug even though i love thug specifically thug two, i, I thug like i don't know if that's one of the ones where they they, they go back and, and really put in the work um because like those games i feel like historically even though like they're great people don't they're people aren't like crazy about them the way that people are crazy about tony Hawk pro skater i think they are specifically thug one uh, I think the thug really found a like more mainstream appeal than we give it credit for. Like there's definitely the nostalgia, obviously for Tony Hawk two specifically. Um, but I think that like three, four and thug being on that PS2 generation, it just gotten so many more people's hands. So mm-hmm. the way I see it, ideally, if I, if I was at Activision being able to make these decisions, exactly what you said, bless three expansion four expansion, but then the next game 
would not be a thug remake. It would be a new game that is just Tony Hawk's Underground. And it's a, a modern new game that's taking that the kind of like oh, RPG cool. elements and story elements and stuff of Thug, but presenting it for what it would look like today. But that at that point would be going up against Gate Four. I still see memes about Eric Sparrow today. Eric so like Sparrow, so people do associate their like Tony Hawk love with Thug primarily. So speak, speaking of Skate Four and speaking of all these skate games in general, a game that I forgot I was playing uh, is Skater XL, which came out I think yesterday. Is that, good? Uh, is that bad? I, boot, I booted up. I, I booted up last night, and I am very underwhelmed by it. <laughs> uh, is oh. what I'll say. But like, I respect what they're doing with it. Like, I really respect them for going for what they're going for because they really they they really got like the bare essentials down. They're like, hey, we are making a game where you fuck around. It's a sandbox. You can like go to different maps. And what we're what we're here and what we're trying to nail is the physics and the feeling of skate. Right, like we want, you want the right analog stick to be your right foot, left analog stick your left foot, you know, and and they really they they go so hard with it that in in a lot of cases I feel like the game actually controls uh more difficult than skate at least skate three because skate three is the one skate game that I played. Uh, I find it way more difficult to land my tricks in this game. I I, I think they went pretty hard in terms of making it feel as simmy as possible. Um, but I, I I say all that to say that there's obviously this renaissance going on right now, or maybe re- renaissance might be the, be the be the wrong word, but this comeback of skate games or this attempt uh, at a comeback for skate games between Tony Hawk and what will be Skate Four and Skater XL and there's something Session. in the air. There's something mm-hmm. in the air, and everybody, everybody wants to be on these 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 boards that have wheels these on them. These nuts. Something <laughs> <laughs> on these skate nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with with all of that, like. I feel like a game is going to reign supreme out of all of this. And like if I had if I had to make a bet, it would be the game that like if 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 what you're saying actually comes to fruition, right? And they make a Tony Hawk Underground that is from the ground up, like we're not doing a remake, we are doing a reboot and it is like hey, it, it is it is it is Tony Hawk you know but with RPG elements in this open world and we're really like going hard with this. I could see that taking the cake. Like I feel like that is such a good middle ground of hey you got your arcade uh, uh your your the arcade feel of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games but RPG elements that all the gamers love nowadays also like these open spaces that you can explore and and and, and do your thing and like that sounds like the ideal way I feel like for one of these games to go. Yeah. We'll do you see. think it? Do you think it runs into? I understand that it feels like skates back in the air, and I mean skating. You know, not the game skate, but like mm-hmm. all this stuff. Skate do we run the risk of going back to when it was like, man, we haven't had a guitar here in a rock band. Here they are. Oh, we don't want either of these. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we totally. regret this. Sorry. And and honestly, I I hope that I'd be wrong about this, but the the thug pitch I just gave, I don't think ends up being a good game. Really? Like, I do, oh, I think that's an awesome game. I mean, I would, I, I'd love them f- to make that an awesome game. And again, I'm speaking real early right now, even just with what I played of Crash Four. I'm like, okay, they could make this old thing feel new again, but still make me realize why I loved the first ones. Like that, that magic's there. Tony Hawk is just such a specific thing where it's so arcadey, and the things I love about it are so specific that I expect this one and two remake. And if they give me the three and four stuff to be kind of everything I'm looking for from this. When Guitar Hero and, and uh, Rock Band came back, they made all these changes. And it's just like, I don't want that. I don't want to play with two 
levels of of frets on the guitar. I was I, say, that's guitar here. I think didn't Rockman come back with like the exact same fucking campaign? You're like, how does this not change? Yeah, but but even with that though, it, it they uh, failed because it never felt like they they didn't add enough, and the things the package that they gave didn't feel like th- there was care put into it in the way that with Tony Hawk right here, I'm like. Oh, they got the original songs and they're doing all this stuff. Like there's just so much love being put into it. Whereas rock band felt like it was just kind of like not even the greatest hits. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, here's this hodgepodge yeah. of what you remember from it. And it was just, it was so complicated to get all your old songs back together in one place and, and all of that. Whereas with this, it's like, here's the package. Let's go. I hope the the demo comes out August 15th. So I mean, so like soon. The plastic instrument genre died for a reason because people stopped having room for that and less interest in playing it. Unless something goes really wrong with skating, it's ideally just discs. So it shouldn't be a big issue of like, okay, cool, the new Tony Hawk 3 and 4 is out. I'll play that. I'll download that on PS Plus or, you know, buy it for 20 bucks. That's the new ride controller. Oh, God, the ride. Remember? It's all about ride. This board is full of technology. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> great, great comment. Thanks. All I remember about ride is that one trailer they showed of like the, there's like a, two seconds of a dog using it. And I'm like, okay, why did you guys think this is a smart way to show this game off? <laughs> 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 all right, moving on a bit. Greg. Yeah, buddy. You have been playing Grounded. And I'm really That's interested right. in hearing your thoughts on this because I, I saw some tweets about it and like the hubbub all around the internet is that this game is of a bit more consequence than I would have given it credit for based Me on too. the Steam concurrence, based on the even just the Xbox kind of excitement about it. What's yeah, your take? It, jumped to the, it jumped to the top of the Steam charts. Uh, yeah, and then obviously it's on Game Pass as in-game preview on Xbox Game Pass, which is how I'm playing it. Uh, yeah, I it, it's been interesting. When it first got announced and Obsidian's like, you know, they just put out Outer Worlds or were just about to put out Outer Worlds. And then they're like, hey, on top of that, we're doing this thing. And you open it up and it's like, what the fuck is this? And it was like, all right, cool. Honey, I shrunk the kids. That's cool. Obviously, exploring the backyard, being a small kid, having your giant ju- uh, juice box and having your giant baseball and all that stuff. All right, fine. And then I remember watching it and they were like, and it's a survival game. I was like, eh. like, no, I'm not about that life. That doesn't, I, I, I don't starve was like enough for me. <laughs> and then like since then, the survival aspect of a game and, and people keep saying rust and they keep throwing stuff out like that. I'm like, that's just not my jam or even arc, right? Uh, I was, for some reason, getting closer and closer in that last uh, trailer they showed at the Xbox Game Showcase. I was like, well, I have Game Pass Ultimate. Why not? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the mood to try something new. And so I pre- pre-installed it and started it last night. And I thought I would jump in, play for an hour or so, and then pop over to Persona 5 Royal, which I'm working on. And I was totally had a great time and played it all night long. And when I was starting to wind down, I beat all the single player story con. I, ble- I beat the story set stuff they have. And it's very clear. Obviously it's a, you know, game preview early access. So when you get to this point, there's like a pop-up like, cool. You've done all the story content that's available. However, you know, you can talk to this NPC, you'll get some daily quests. You can go out and do that kind of stuff and keep exploring the map. Just as I, I did that and started screwing around, I was like, ah, maybe I'm going to sign off. Andy texts me. He's like, do you want to play? I was like, sure. He joined my game. We ran around for a while, screwing around. Like what I, what I tweeted last night is, and please, if everyone can, and I don't mean you, the, the, you know, blessing Imran, Tim, I mean, everybody in their cars right now, grab the wheel real tight. I want you all to take a deep breath and hold in and not immediately go to your jokes, your fucking hilarious jokes. It's honey. I shrunk the kids meets fallout 76 and all the good parts and even good ideas of fallout 76, not the bugs, not the whatever, blah, 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 blah. 
Is there good parts? Yeah, the good bugs of uh exactly the, the good the bugs kids. of this one of having the, the you know the ants that chase you all got the the ants that are chasing you. Ladybugs have so many hit points. Uh, it turns out spiders are just the most terrifying motherfuckers on the planet. And of course, yeah, Which they've turn off. They've got a whole bunch of points for their slider. They yeah. can you can sit there with it if you're afraid of a spider. If you're afraid of spiders in the menu, you can go in and use the slider to make them less and less scary until they're just like blobs that so you don't have to worry about it if spiders aren't your jam. Anyway, though. <laughs> uh, survival for me meant it was going to be this punishing thing that you know basically you would die and start all over and it would just be a pain in the ass and they, it, it would be more about crafting your shelter and doing this thing blah, blah blah like getting into it and playing through the story stuff like it did exactly what i want out of a good e3 demo which is it ended and i wanted more and i'm anxious oh. for more and i want that final game because i thought the storyline that's happening in it is super interesting you know you're a kid you've been shrunk down uh, they don't. There's not like a cool cinematic cutscene or anything to start. You just start, and my character Willow is who I've been playing as. She's having this narrative of like, all right, cool. It's just a bad dream. I'm just in. The, and as you go through, she comes more and more to terms with it. Before you start running into uh, some NPCs, you get you start getting audio diaries that you know you plug into your contraption or whatever that then play. You know what's been going on in the world, and you're doing little things. But it was, it felt like I started as I was playing it. I started crafting the tweet later on and thinking about it. I was like. This feels like Fallout. And I don't even mean Fallout 76. It just feels like Fallout of I was there. I started to explore this world. I didn't know. I'm at, and it, you know, it pops up and it's like, you've discovered the, you know, whatever red raspberry juice box. <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> and that's on my map now as a landmark. And it feels like a toned down version of that kind of Fallout, a smaller experience of that. Uh, meeting these characters, figuring out what's going on in the world, uh, getting your first like NPC who's going to be a quest giver and stuff and having him be voiced and really funny and really interesting and wanting to know what went wrong and how I got here and what exactly the experiment was like. There's all this stuff going on. And then on top of that is the crafting aspect of it. Of I'm picking up a whole bunch of stones. I'm picking a whole bunch of leaves, right? Uh, I have this pebble and I take the pebble back to these little, again, you're little, but these little like science huts and you put it into the analyzer and it analyzes it. And that then gives you recipes to make things with it. And you can do this at the hut, you know, three uh, items you find every 15 minutes, but then there's other huts you could run to. But it's, you know, I did it. it the game starts going through and I find this uh, giant walkie talkie like device and I jump on the big button and it starts doing something but one of the laser two of the lasers are blocked so I have to go fight a bunch of mites and then I have to craft an axe to chop down the thing so the and it's just like it wasn't the survival game I'm used to of like hey uh, man you got it you you need to drink right now like I had the meter and I had the hunger meters and my health <laughs> wouldn't refill if I wasn't you know uh, fully <laughs> satiated but I didn't feel like gun to my head. And even when it was like, all right, it's getting nighttime. And she's like, oh, man, I bet a bunch of bad bugs are going to come. But really scary bugs will come out. I better, you know, do something. I better put down a shelter rather than have to make the whole house right. I just made a lean to that. Like I was able to go to sleep, wake up and go back to it. And it seems like it's the right. It's right now. And granted, this is a demo for all intents and purposes. Right. This is the right level of survival I want out of this kind of experience where I didn't feel a time crunch. I wasn't like, oh, shit, I got a fucking drink. You know what I mean? Like it was. Uh, all right, cool. Let's go explore. It did have that fallout vibe of like, what is over that ridge? Where is that thing? And, you know, the first time I died, it started me back to where the you know the game started and I had none of my items and I was like, fuck, I had so many things that sucks. And sure shit on my map, I opened it up. My backpack was where I died, ran back there, ran past all the enemies that killed me, grabbed the backpack, put everything in my, my pouch and I was good to go. I had everything back to where I was. So it's like, oh, it's not even punishing 
for exploring. It wants me to go out there and actually see what happens and find out, can I fight this ant? I have this spear. Can I beat this ant? <laughs> no, I can't. And this ant will hunt me across the goddamn map, but it was Ray fun Miller finding that out. <laughs> uh, Imran, you were playing Carrion? Carrion. Carrion. So it's been in a couple of Devolver digital showcase things. It's that basically it's John Carpenter's game. Yeah, it's like John Carpenter's The Thing, except you're playing as The Thing. So it is, you're basically a massive meat and tentacles that is trying to escape from a lab. And that's the entire story. It is, you're <laughs> in this lab, you're trying to get out. You occasionally get to these flashbacks of like people in the past, and it's not quite sure what they're getting to until the end. And then at the very end, you do a, like, the idea is that you are trying to escape out of this underground facility. And they're trying to keep you there for very obvious reasons of you constantly eating and killing people. Yeah. There's, it's a Metroidvania in concept, but it's not a, so I reviewed this game for PC Gamer, which I think is it might be up now. I'm not sure, but I think I gave this game like a solid seven. It is not a particularly excelling Metroidvania in a lot of ways. The controls are neat and tight, but and like killing people and like rushing through and just eating things is fun. But the game is mostly a puzzle game that as you go to room to room, you try to figure out like, okay, how do I get past this room? How do I get to the next thing? How do I open up the next door? But there's no map, and there's a lot of backtracking, and the game itself is quite short. I think it mm. came out to about four or five hours. Oh, wow. So you, you go through, and you're being led wow. by the nose until you get lost at some point, and then you're like, okay, well, where am I supposed to go? And it's a lot of going through doors, trying to figure out, well, does this power work here now? Do I need to go through this? And with no map, that becomes a little confusing, and it really harms the sense of visceral consumption that game is supposed to have, of you constantly just driving through these areas and trying to kill things as fast as possible before they unload a clip of bullets into you. Like, so I liked it over... I liked playing it. It was It's a very good Game Pass game, like, similar to Grounded. The fact that it's there is like, why not just try it? But I don't... I think in the realm of very good Metroidvanias, it, it's very hard to make a convincing argument to play it. You, you saying that it's four to five hours might actually be the thing that makes me complete the game, because I started it and I'll and bless you, uh, Greg. Greg. Greg is in the middle of. Oh wow, this is really going. Oh yeah. It's always <laughs> I was about to. I was about to call the police. I was like, Yo, he might choke. <laughs> if he keeps going. Um, but like you know, playing it, it, it's a Metroidvania, and at a certain point, I was like, All right. Within the first forty-five minutes of me playing this game, I pretty much get what it is, and I like what it is. Right? Like it is. It like it is two D horror, as Tim says. And so you are going around, you're playing the thing, you are murdering all these scientists, and it is really fun to to get from point A to point B in that game because they've really nailed how that thing controls. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, me knowing that it was Metroidvania, I was like, oh, is this ten hours? Because I don't want to spend ten hours. <laughs> this. Um, yeah. And so like, it seems like a it seems like a really cool uh short experience um like that that might be the thing that actually brings me back to it it's basically broken up into thirds of like how big your monster is at the start you're very fast and you're like moving around just consuming things but at some point you get like to a middle size that allows you to break through some doors and take over people which is like a, a surprisingly fun mechanic of sliding your tentacle through things and like you can you can freak out people in a room that has no point whatsoever to do this of like just sitting in the ceiling, busting out fences and growling from the top, and it will cause them to scream and run around. Like, that's fun, even though it's pointless. That's neat. But at some point, you get, like, way too big, and it becomes actually kind of really unwieldy to control, to the point where you don't know which direction... Like, you need to get up a small airway, and you cannot do it easily, because both sides seem like they should go up, but only one side does. 
Mm. It it's it's a neat little game. I don't think that I would necessarily say like, oh, you have to go out and play this right now. But if you got Game Pass, give it a shot and see. Mm. You might. It's a it's a nice little game you can finish in a night. Speak, speaking of this, I also played Devolverland Expo, which I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with this, but basically yeah. during the last Devolver showcase where they they did the whole bit where you know it's a nintendo direct but there's murder happening and all this different stuff uh they introduced like this game called devolverland expo which was available on steam and basically what it is is it's this first person shooter i guess but it takes place in the abandoned uh devolver digital uh e3 booth and so like you go into e3 and you like look around and you're it's essentially like this this uh playable marketing material um that's available on steam and i played a little bit of it i got to the part where i got to the carrion uh booth you know watch the trailer because one of the objectives was watch the carrion trailer and that's what i was like hilarious all right enough <laughs> like I, this, is, this is this is this is fun this is cute but cool like what a weird what a weird company Devolver's <laughs> very real war with E3 has been my favorite like narrative over the past four years because they they fucking hate each other in a way that's like Honestly, hilarious from this perspective. Man, it's a really cool idea. I, I, when they announced the digital devolver playable demo or whatever, that was a really cool idea. Yeah, I, I wish there was more cool. gameplay in it because, like, there are you do like shoot robots and stuff. Um, but it was, it, it's, it was such a weird thing where I was like, at a certain point, it felt way, like way more marketing material, which it is. Like, I can't like fault it for that. But at that point, that's when I was like, all right, peace. Like, I had fun watching the Carrion trailer, but no more. I'm going to be completely real about this stuff. I don't think there's anything cooler than Devolver Digital. And like I think that the way that they handle all this stuff is so clever and so funny and just so like so oddly specific that it's like it is making jokes and kind of, you know, making very very clear commentary on a a an, an industry, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't understand who the specific group is. Because it's not me, and I think it's How me. How is it not you? I don't know. Because I, when I watch the Devolver uh, conferences, Press conferences, I'm always just like, I it just goes so Adult Swim, and it goes so weird and wacky that I'm like, I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand who. It just proves it, to me that there are so many different circles within this Venn diagram that we're in that it is not just the specific like one in the middle. Then there's the two big ones. Sure. There are so many subsects of what we do. There's a, being a gamer is not one thing. It's not ten things. It is thousands of different things. Because it's like I don't know. I am the type of guy that literally wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at night looking at video game forums. I'm a 31 year old man. I've been doing this since I was nine years old or whatever it is. And like I feel like that type of snark and that type of like jadedness and all of it is like in my DNA. And there's just something that Dude, just goes let me over tell you, my man. Head. I I'm the I'm the target audience for for all that. Like, <laughs> like last year, Dollar Digital was probably my favorite publisher. Like if you look at their games that they put out, right? Like because Katana Zero uh, last year I adored, Ape Out I adored, uh, Gato Roboto I adored. Like Devolver Digital in general is a publisher whose games I generally fall in love with. Like they they I they put out the they like they have this good balance and, and this all kind of aligns with what Imran's review of Kyrian is, right? It's this Metroidvania game that lasts for four to five hours that is like this weird 
that has this weird gimmick of you playing the thing and you just murdering a bunch of stuff and it's very stylish um but like you know it's it's this quick get in and get out thing right um and that kind of aligns like katana zero is also like four mm-hmm. hours long mm-hmm. uh gato Roboto is like probably like a two to three hour long game um and they're all these stylish 2d games that are retro throwbacks but that are also like very fun to play and very competent in their gameplay and like even my friend Pedro will be another one to bring up here even though i didn't love that game as much still like falls in line with the you know super stylish like has a lot of attitude but like is a very quick play did you um, say hotline miami oh hotline miami yeah that's a, right, like, really that's, like that's devolver distilled and just yes that. i want to be clear i'm not at all talking about the games I'm, okay i'm only yeah. talking about the marketing like, yeah, I, I'm but even, even the about... marketing. Like I, I, I played that Devolver Land Expo for whatever reason. Like I, like I, because I, it's brilliant. Yeah, like I don't yeah, know I what compelled me to play it. Whereas I think that there, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying to an extent, Tim. Right? Is there the Devolver fanboy? Is there the person that like ride or die understands and loves Devolver and watches every one of the conferences and like. I don't know. Has that connection to it the way you have the Nintendo, the way that I have the PlayStation, the way that Blessing has to Roman Reigns and the WWE? Oh my god! I, I don't know, and I can't speak to that. But what I know is that everyone respects them for making wacky ass shit. As everyone is that. Oh, I know, I know. And like that, you know, their conferences for being uh, satire of what a conference is, right? Of selling their loot coin or whatever the hell it was, the Bitcoin knockoff thing they were making fun of. Uh, to have. Nina Freeman be this hired crazed actress who well not an actress plays this crazy character named Nina Freeman and then they put her in the PlayStation 5 fucking rundown yeah. of like all the real heads of different companies and developers being like this is PlayStation 5 this is what and she pops up because no one at PlayStation fucking knew or paid attention like that's brilliant and that's like such a joke that totally even if we don't want to do the reacts to the Devolver conferences because I really do feel it would be like reacting over a kids in the hall episode. Like <laughs> I think at the end, you still get the jokes out of it and the distillment out of it and what they were going for and like what they did. Like, Absolutely. I, I guess I, I want to be extremely clear about this because I, I, I don't want any single person thinking that I'm talking shit. I am not. It is nothing but reverence. I don't feel cool enough to get it. <laughs> sure. I, I feel like there's a problem with me when it comes to this because I, I love the production value. I love the effort. I love how much they give a fuck. And also, they're promoting dope games. They're trying to do something unique to promote dope games. I love all of that. I'm just extremely jealous that I feel like this should be for me and I'm too stupid to, to fully <laughs> comprehend or, yeah. or have the patience to get... I don't know. There's there's something there. But anyways, keep doing you, Devolver, you crazy motherfuckers. I feel like the irony poison brother of Arcade Crew. Like, those kind of games and that, like, marketing of, like, today, like, here, just let, let's the game talk for themselves. Then Devolver's like, fuck that. Let's do a whole fucking show that's a bait. Like you said, it's like the Too Many Cooks special on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. Taken to 11. And that really, is it really think, is like 20 minutes of content and then like three minutes of them the, of actual game like games being shown and it's like all right man like like do your thing and uh, to tim's to tim's thing right like i think even for me as, as as i'd say all the stuff that they're doing with their conferences is for me i feel like i feel like with the last couple it, they've not necessarily hit the mark 100 percent. like the this last year, this year wasn't written that well and like i've, I've said yeah. on Twitter, it, like it's too self-referential they're getting they're getting a little this is what happened to adult swim after a while too is this, they is, my point. Their own this is my point who's the who is this for then <laughs> well then I, I i hmm i feel like it, i feel like <laughs> i don't know i don't i'm curious to see like the amount of people who really dug this last one like even the people who would be in the target audience for this last one because i feel like i feel like somewhere along the line 
they've kind of missed the mark of feeling as fresh with it. Like the first time they did this, I was like, okay, let's go. Like they, they've really done it. You know, uh, Nina or whoever the lady is on stage is killing people. It's great. They they did the same thing again the year after. And I was like, great. And they've, they've kind of kept doing it. And I feel like I'm, I don't know if I don't know if there are people out there that after the last one were like, oh yeah, man, like I'm I'm Devolver fan number one for this one. Nina Even, Struthers, Nina Struthers, Nina Struthers, Nina Freeman, you. of course, she makes video games. Like, I'm very confused there. Yeah, you you can only be a young revolutionary upstart for so long before it starts getting a little rote. And I think like that's kind of where Devolver is going with their shows of like, okay, cool, the satirizing E3 thing, that was funny the first three times. Now there's no E3, so. Now you're just kind of like poking at a thing that we know somewhere exists, but we don't see. Yeah. Hmm. Video well, games, man. Video, video games. games. And we're going to talk a lot more about video games in just a sec. But for now, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Lumen Skin. Here's the thing. We don't think about our skin enough. I know I definitely don't. My entire life, I, I knew I was oily, but I didn't really know what to do with it. I'm always just kind of putting water on myself constantly and just hoping that that'll solve the problem. Let me tell you, it doesn't solve the problem. Here's the cold, hard truth. Your skin has needs. If you want it to look as good as possible for as long as possible, you need to address them now. We get it. You might not know where to start, but there's a company that's taken all the guesswork out of it for you. Lumen. Lumen's on a mission to help give men the amazing skin they deserve through high-quality, expert-created products delivered right to your door. All their products are formulated uh, specifically for men's skin and made to target skin issues with maximum efficiency using top-notch ingredients like charcoal, green tea extract, and vitamin C. It's not just about looking good. It's about feeling good. You need good skin health, especially as you get older, to prevent long-term damage. I've been using this uh, for my particularly oily skin, but uh, I'm learning now. There's people have dry skin. People have combination skin. You can go there, go to the website, check it out. You'll find what's right for you. It's pretty pretty simple to to know. Uh, even if you have no idea where to begin, Lumen makes it so easy to find the right skin management system for you. You can choose from different skin concerns to address or just pick up a simple starter pack for free. You deserve to look and feel your best, and here's where you start. Go to lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get a one-month free trial of everything you need to start your skincare journey at home. That's lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get your first month free. lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny. L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash kindoffunny. Next up, we are, once again, sponsored by Hims. A common issue men face but don't always want to talk about select erectile dysfunction, ladies and gentlemen. 40% of men by age 40, struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn instead to medicine and science? Uh, you can check out Hims and you can discover the tiny pill worthy of a big celebration. Hims also uh, does all the hair loss and hair loss prevention stuff with uh, with with Hims. With uh, Andy and Nick have been using it for a very long time. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. Hims connects you with real licensed doctors and FDA-approved pharmaceutical products to treat ED. Uh, these are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat ED and hair loss. Uh, you can try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash kindoffunny. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kindoffunny. Forhims.com slash kindoffunny. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds 
if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Remember, that's 4 slash kind of funny. All right, guys. Topic of the show. Tots, tots, tots. Topic of the forever at this point. What's forever. next for Xbox and PlayStation? Mm. We are now technically at the end of July. But for all intents and purposes, we are in August. Mm-hmm. Days away from August. What's going on? Both Xbox, PlayStation have had their big coming out parties for the Series X, for the PlayStation 5. We know that there's rumors of an August event for both Xbox and PlayStation. Xbox has said every month's going to have something. So what could that look like? What will the August event be? And then they didn't have something for Jim. I'm still very salty about that. Wasn't there an IGN thing that month? But it wasn't like anything big. It was just them talking about something already known. Hmm. Mm -mm. Xbox didn't do anything. They might have a blog post. They might have a blog post that was like celebrating Xbox or some something like that. Yeah, but no, there's no new. There was no new info. It was just like, hey, here's smart delivery again. The thing we already knew about doesn't matter. We're not looking back, guys. We're looking (laughs) backwards. We're looking forward. What does the next couple months look like on the Xbox and Sony front? Imran, do you want to start? So, are we? I guess I'll start with what I've heard. Here is that it does sound like both like like you said both have shows this year or this month uh from what i've heard they they both have to talk about hardware this month in terms of like pricing availability blah 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 i have also heard that i don't know if it's this month or later but they both do have more software to show so whether like they do it now or before the launch or even after launch they both have things that are going to be like oh shit i can't believe they're revealing that here i i would hope that they do that sooner rather than later but i would like i expect that microsoft knows what deals they don't have so they know what to prepare for microsoft also if lockhart is a real thing knows it is better to show that thing off after sony says 499 or 559 or 599 or whatever like whatever sony's price is going to be it's going to be probably pretty high Lowest I see them possibly going is 450. So if they if Lockhart is a real thing and they want to show it off, I think they're going to wait until Sony does theirs first. So great. Yeah, buddy. They're playing chicken right now, it kind of seems when it comes to price, right? Yep, 100 percent Do you think that there's a chance that that chicken game runs past August? No. You got it. We got it. You got to get this done, right? You got to put up your pre-orders. You figure like how many of the re- the retail partners have to be sitting there waiting? What is Amazon thinking right now? You know what I mean? They want this done, and this is usually done so much faster. Or I shouldn't say faster. Uh, so much earlier than this. So much earlier than August in terms of getting this out there. And I think, yeah, the it's always that. It doesn't surprise me, Imran, for you to say that you've heard that they both have big sh- holy shit announcements left in their tank right here, that they still have a few in the chamber, because you have to, right? You it, You're going to give us this medicine you got to give us sugar with it too, right? You have to, if you're going to give us a shot, you have to give us a chaser. And so if the shot's going to be, Hey, here's PlayStation uh, five and it's five ninety nine, you know, 599 us dollars. Like, okay, but you better on top of miles Morales on top of horizon on top of uh, whatever else you've got bug snacks. You got to prove that, Hey, this is the other big thing and why you're doing this. And so I think honestly for me, and it's a little bit different with Xbox, but not hundred percent, but with both of them, this next one has to be about uh, you're I think you get a full fledged showcase from both of them. And I think it is. Here's the final price. Here's the final date. And here are the services that really make this next gen. 
And I know that Xbox is all about services and we know so much already about Game Pass and then bringing in xCloud and doing all these things in September even. Uh, I still think that you want to show all that and how that works as an ecosystem on the Xbox Series X, what the new Xbox uh, home screen is and how this all interacts together and what it's looking like to make it one ecosystem. And it's the same for PlayStation where do they answer this uh xbox game pass ultimate do they double down on what playstation now is do they radically change that do they change playstation plus do they announce that playstation plus is getting vr games on top of this and that you're still gonna continue to get this that and the other like both of these guys we they've got the headlines they've got the juice you need to get out and talk about what could be considered bad news in the pricing but also what all the fucking loser dorks like us want to know. <laughs> I want to just show me what does it look like when a fucking trophy pops on PlayStation five? What does it look? How, what is the different, you know, uh, ecosystem for that? Is it so much faster? That's the thing. You know, people always write into PS. I love your even games daily, but they're like, you know, man, what would you like to see PlayStation five steal from Xbox or PlayStation in general steal from Xbox, man, playing grounded last night, just how snappy the fucking menus are in Xbox, how fast it is to get to anything you want to go to when you know how to get to what you want to go to. Whereas PlayStation, the amount of times I fucking exit a game, tab up twice to tab over to my trophies. And then for no reason at all, pulls me back down to the game. I'm like, you motherfucker, just <laughs> let me go. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of stuff I want to know about these new systems is that now let's get the into the nitty gritty bells and whistles. Yeah. They still have like a create button. They haven't said anything about. Yeah. Like, there's, there's rumors going around now that an actual multi- multiplayer games will be hooked into the OS in a way that like you can see, Oh, so-and-so is racing somebody right now. Do you want to join without actually oh, having to cool. go into the game to do it? Like yeah. those are things that will be cool to find out when they actually say, uh, tell us, but it's August, and usually when a company has, like, they're a little hesitant about announcing something, I'm always worried that it's going to take like, a year plus. Like, remember, they announced Suspend Resume for PS4 at Reveal, and it wasn't until, like, I want to say nearly two years later, whenever Bloodborne yeah. came out, that they didn't actually have it. Is that true? Fuck, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I remember that, too. Wow. Like, it was not there at launch. Bless, what do you think in terms of PS Now specifically, do you think that at this next state of play, it's going to be talked about at all? PS Now? Mm-hmm. Ooh, at the next state of play? Mm, no, like I, I think I think right now the strategy would be to wait and like take everything in and see what Xbox is doing. I think, I think at a certain point, like PlayStation Now is going to have to change. Like I think at a certain point, they're either going to have to bundle that in uh with ps plus or make some kind of dynamic change with how those systems work because like at this point like i very much expect for xbox uh uh online play to end up being free somehow like i expect that yeah. i expect that shoe to drop at a certain point because why not especially if you're trying to have your system uh or your ecosystem all work as one right like when you're when you have such a heavy pc presence right and when you want to have a presence on something like switch or uh, other systems uh, you might as well get get rid of as many barriers as possible while maintaining reasons for people to want to uh, invest in what you have to offer. And so Xbox Game Pass pretty much speaks for itself, especially Game Pass Ultimate. Now that's now that's going to be getting xCloud, um, and now that we're going to be getting all these first party games through it, like that that service speaks for itself so well without having to have uh, uh, online play be the big factor for, for the reason why people uh, want to invest in it. So with the big moves that Xbox is making on their side. I think PS Now, even though like right now it's fine, like it's not necessarily a thing that is losing PlayStation money by any means. In fact, like it's it's fairly it's it's relatively successful. 
um, maybe just not as much compared to what when you look at X, what Xbox Game Pass is doing. But even still, like there's not any rush for PlayStation to to change things on their side. I think I, the the big question I have for myself, and that I might even have for you guys, is: Do you think by launch we see a big shift for PS Now and PS Plus, or is that later down the line? If it happens, it would be later. I don't. I think right now they're pretty much Sony is locked into this strategy of. PS Now is the side thing. They have their own retail stuff to worry about as the main thing. And I feel like the one thing that will always hold PS Now back from a Game Pass-style service is that I don't think Sony wants to put, say, The Last of Us 2, Miles Morales, whatever, on those things day one, while for Microsoft, that is key to their entire platform. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is extremely important that Halo was there on Game Pass day one. It is not at all important for Sony that Ratchet & Clank is on their day one. This is the argument we came out of uh, Xbox Game uh, Showcase, right? W- solidified is that, and I, Tim, you were in the post show were very clear about it of like Xbox is not fighting the same fight anymore. Like they're all marching in their own ways. And so, to your question of like, yeah, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now being changed up for uh, launch, no, I don't think so. Because I do think PlayStation is very much in the mindset of like, this isn't broken. Why fuck with it? Like, let's just do what we did with PlayStation 4, but call it PlayStation 5. Let's be committed to these indies to get everybody ready and then hype up the cool first party stuff we'll have and build on that. And if we're super successful, people will come to us and nobody, the people who give a shit about PlayStation now are fine with it. The people who they, people just pay for PlayStation Plus, not thinking about it. Let's keep that going. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's Xbox that had to get hungry and creative and crazy, I think, this generation because they didn't have these first party exclusives that were lighting the world on fire. So they were the ones that are like, well, let's really get fucking serious about xCloud. Let's really get into this Game Pass business. Let's do that. And now it is a services versus launch li- or services versus library thing. But I do wonder what PlayStation's response to service would be when they start talking about their UI and what you're getting when you subscribe to PlayStation Plus. But how, lo- how long do you think the status quo can stay as far as what PS Plus and what PS Now is? Because I, I'm with you that right, right now you don't fix what's uh, what's yeah, not broken. broken yeah. But I feel like I feel like at this point, right, even though Microsoft is fighting a different battle, at a certain point, like there's gonna be a convergence where people are people are going to be talking about PS plus comparison to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Um, you know, because they are such comparable things and because Xbox is making such dynamic and big decisions with Game Pass. If the status quo on the Xbox side becomes, hey, no pay, don't pay for online, you can get that free, but you also get all our first party games and you get this, this, and this with uh our subscription service. At a certain point, PS Now and PS Plus both look like almost terrible by comparison, and like I know that 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 would have to reflect in dollars and cents exactly. for Sony to feel the need to yeah. to change things. But even with that, I feel like at a certain point you're going to have to change things inevitably because the way those conversations are going to go are just going to make your service look just just pale in comparison. So counterpoint to that, what's real interesting, and I think doubling down on what I said in, in the Xbox post show, is that everyone is just in a different race at this point. And I think that with a lot of comments that have been made uh, since the, the showcase has happened from Aaron Greenberg, Phil Spencer, and just other Xbox entities, it's interesting to look at it where PlayStation is so firmly doubling down on the PS5 is a next generation console. We believe in generations. We're going to keep that going. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the services. It is about this console and what the console does and the games that you can only play on this console. And you look at Xbox and it kind of feels, especially when you look at just that showcase, now that we're a week removed from the showcase, I stand by everything I said about it, but there's one extra thing that is extremely clear. What was the point of the PlayStation showcase? 
showing that they truly believe in next gen and games you can only play on PS5. What was the point of the Xbox Game Showcase? Every Xbox single game, game here is playable on Game Pass. Right. Right. It was a good commercial for Game Pass. It was a fantastic commercial for Game Pass. But the question mark that gives me, though, is if the point of that showcase was being able to say every single game here is on Game Pass, what games weren't there because they're not on Game Pass that are going to be on Xbox Series X but couldn't be in that showcase because they didn't fit the sole goal of what that showcase was? So that was the thing I was talking about on Twitter the other day was eventually Xbox is going to come into, I, I guess I termed it the Netflix problem. Where Netflix at one point was an aggregate of streaming content from other content providers like NBC, Universal, like all those other places that had The Office, had all those shows on there. And eventually those places realized, hey, we could make more money if we didn't put it on your service or we think you're lowballing us for the amount of like value our content gives your service. So they had to say like, well, in this alternative in the games industry, the difference would be like, we'd rather just sell it for 60, 70 bucks than we would to put it on Game Pass unless you pay us a lot more for it. I think Microsoft is going to, as Game Pass becomes a bigger thing as time goes on and it becomes the centerpiece of that console and like the centerpiece of the entire Microsoft strategy, they're going to have to either start putting up more to get like, for example, Cyberpunk isn't going to be on Game Pass at day one. And they have to say that out loud so people don't think that it might. Control, remember when Phil Spencer accidentally like slipped up and oh, said, yeah, yeah. Oh, control is coming to Game Pass, and their their sales cratered. And they had remedy had to go like, no, 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 it's not. Please, please don't assume that it is. And what people still think, like, oh yeah, I'm not buying it just in case it might one day. Any day that, now. That's gonna be a problem for other content providers of trying to figure that out. Maybe the solution isn't we're going to put our games on our own service, like Netflix ended up doing, but it will become the thing of we're gonna sell our games separately, and then maybe when they're done selling, we'll put them on Game Pass. Or you have to pay up the amount of value that we would have gotten from selling those games separately that we're losing now because we're putting them on yours. The other alternative is Microsoft does what Netflix does, and they actually make their own content solely for Game Pass. That's kind of what this show showed us. Of like, yeah, there was some a few third-party things that didn't actually like that were from XGS and they were being published by X Xbox Game Studios, but they were not like. I'm going to assume, let's say Dead Rising, the example that like they have Capcom up as a Dead Rising game. If that's not coming to Xbox Game Pass and they wouldn't show it here, they have to start making all their own stuff for it. And that's going to, by nature, change the kinds of things they make. Like Netflix doesn't tend to go above three seasons because that, like, at that point, drop off happens for subscribers. Will they start making more games and service games? Would they then greenlight stuff that like Sony is big in narrative single player games like God of War and The Last of Us? Because those are one and done. That gets you a month of Game Pass subscribers. Doesn't get you a year of them. So with that, jumping off uh, of that point earlier when we were talking about Xbox Live, uh, you kind of seem to be extremely on the side that they're going to get rid of Xbox Live as a paid service mm -hmm. uh, after what Blessing said. I tend to agree as well. But in the last couple of days, Aaron Greenberg was doing a couple of interviews and he was saying that Xbox Game Pass is not yet profitable. They believe in it and obviously there's so many different factors and business deals and things that we don't know about that are behind the scenes that aren't apples to apples, one for one of where the money's coming and going. But as of April 2020, we know there are 90 million Xbox Live subscribers. Why would they get rid of that revenue right now? Because at some point it kind of sucks for like people. So if you're playing xCloud on his phone, you don't have to pay Xbox Game Pass or Gold. If you're playing Game Pass on PC, you don't have to play Xbox Gold. 
They're telling their most loyal customers, hey, thank you for paying this extra money for buying a Series X. Thank you for being the people who love Microsoft the most. Now give us 15 bucks a month, you motherfucker. Like that is the, <laughs> yeah. a silly idea in the long run, especially if you're trying to democratize how you can play Xbox anywhere. You can play Xbox anywhere except on your own Xbox because then it costs you more money. Yeah, I think that's the exact, the exact reason, right? The idea that, oh yeah, I want to get an Xbox Series X. But like, why should I get an Xbox Series X when I have to pay monthly to uh, to play games online versus just playing on a PC where I can just play online however I want? Like that feels like such an arbitrary uh, barrier on Xbox. Well, is this the genius of like Game Pass Ultimate though is that you roll it into that and then okay, cool, and you can play anywhere and blah blah blah, and then by the time you eliminate Xbox Live, you're already into the $15 Game Pass yeah. Ultimate, which is on PC and it's on the console and it's on the cloud. So you're not even thinking anymore, right? Yeah, that, don't like, call it gold anymore. And it's wait, like, this used they- to include gold, but now it just includes playing the game anywhere. And that, mm-hmm. then that becomes the one service to rule them all. So now Game Pass has 90 million plus Game Pass X million plus whatever. And then that's the number that they have. Yeah. Also, games with gold stops mattering as much anymore because like you have Game Pass. So put those games on there. Yeah, yeah, you get rid of that too. You don't have to worry about that. So then going back to the Sony side, if they're not going to double down on services, because I, I agree with kind of the sentiment of the group here, like that, the timing isn't right for that. Their whole statement is hardware and software that is next gen. Greg, what could state of play look like now that we already know, honestly, so much about a lot of the the, the core Sony IP? I think it could be a number of things, right? I think, again, PlayStation, you know, if you go back and watch the PlayStation 4 E3 conference, right, where Jack lays out everything and fucking punches Xbox in the face. Like, again, you can, they can dress up all the services they already have. You know what I mean? Like, they can give you a number, some kind of PlayStation Now number and announce that it's it's bringing in this back catalog of PlayStation 4 games or something to that, right? They can talk more about what they can actually explain what the fuck backwards compatibility means to them, right? With this, it's hundreds, it's a hundred games. No, it's hundreds of games. Well, it's, it's going to be the most popular hundred games, like, just fucking be very clear about what backwards compatibility is. Uh, you then, yeah, you get to touch on this again, even if it was like we're not revamping PlayStation Plus, but just making the commitment of you're going to get a PlayStation 5 game every month on top of the PlayStation 4 games that are backwards compatible with the thing that way and the other thing. But then I think you get into the fun stuff of what the, yeah, the menus and the UIs look like. Are these plates on the PlayStation 5 removable as this, uh, you know, was going around the internet the other day? Are there other, what are you doing for controllers this time around in terms of, uh, you know, uh, actual colors and stuff and launch and line up that way. I think you get into the real nerdy stuff here. I think this is, and, and in terms of games, of course, like you just said, I think, yeah, you could tease more first party stuff if you wanted to. I don't think you need to, but you could. Maybe you just have one big announcement, whether that's, you know, something from, you know, a, a distant, distant tease of Last of Us multiplayer from Naughty Dog. You know what I mean? Something to that extent. It could be something else from a first party we haven't heard from. Uh, but then you could go in more with your third party partnerships, right? Like, I, I, I don't know anything that's coming. I haven't heard rumors on ter- on top of that. But if it is partnerships, uh, exclusive content, if it is, you know, just more indies that we ha- that you want or haven't heard from yet that are able to come out and do it. You know, but so, I, I think even right now, right? Like even today, uh, Drinkbox teased a new game, right? It was the big old oh, yeah. blinking eyes gif. And then it was like, yeah, but if you guessed it, we're on a new IP, excited to talk about it later. And that could mean next year. That could mean at yeah. Gamescom. That could mean at the Xbox. That could mean at PlayStation. Like it could mean nothing. It could be they, they're just excited to show you eyeballs. But to your medicine point that you're making earlier, yeah. Like, what, what, what softens is the, the blow? What's the chaser here? 
because if if we assume that the cost is going to be high and the hardware and all that that stuff's going to be the bad news or the availability and all that do you think the ui and all that stuff is enough to soften that blow well, I think you, you what they, I mean, the way I would expect them to do it, right, is to uh, follow up in one of their, hey, here's the recap of all the shit you saw last time around. Here's several new games from people you love, whether it be indies, whether it be third parties, whether it be exclusives, kind of thing like that. And then you end on one big announcement of a game everybody wants to see. And I don't know what that looks like or whatever that would be from somebody that you, you know, have been on pins and needles to see for hear from or something from maybe I mean, that's where with this whole if i can this whole rumored uh san diego game that was going to be is it are, is sunny san diego working on an uncharted game and because there was a whole naughty dog you know uh, working with a bigger stu- another studio is that where that happens is that where you know you you drop that at the very end that is just oh. the uncharted it's it's sony it's sony it's sony, it's sony santa monica then naughty dog and then the uncharted voozoo's halo or whatever and <laughs> fucking somebody swinging through doing something and just the uncharted <laughs> uncharted title treatment i mean i suspect sony is in preparation like they're in a place there they could do the nintendo strategy of having one really fucking good launch year and then kind of like not coasting is not the right word but kind of being a more regular system from then on out if they did do that this would be the place to do it because they're in a good position to have their studios ready to launch major things over the next couple next uh 16 months and that's the thing too. You, I mean, you figure if you you could even if you wanted to like knock it out of the park and drive this home, bookend it right, and start with, uh, I would say maybe even start with uh, God of War two teaser and then end with an Uncharted teaser if that's what the Sony San Diego thing is an actual thing that people have heard about. Man, see, I feel like that's doing too much. Like I feel like Man. that's asking for way too much. Like in in June, we got so much out of that PlayStation event. Like we had, I forget, I lost count, but like what seventeen games or something like that that are mostly exclusive uh or at, at the very least launch exclusive for playstation 5 um i think we're we're also kind of discounting uh third parties yeah. if you remember in may we got that xbox third party event that was the uh, the next gen third party games and that was the thing that came out and somewhat underwhelmed um but we've not necessarily had playstation's answer to hey what does third party support look like for playstation and not just I think like we did didn't we resident evil 8 project athia all the bethesda games there's more like they're, yeah, they're, they're I, holding on to some things that I'm like really surprised they're holding on to. And I wouldn't be shocked if they showed them soon. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's still so much more to say in terms of what third party, because I feel like we have such a clear idea of, all right, this is what Xbox game studios is working on. This is what the first party out, output for PlayStation is. And we have like some idea of what third party next gen games are, right? Like we know, uh, far, like far cry, what number are we on six? We know mm-hmm. what far cry six is. We know what Ubisoft's got going. We know, um, we don't know much of what EA is doing for uh, for next gen. Um, like, and with that, like, there's still I feel like there's still so many questions. Um, we don't even know what the next Call of Duty is, and so like that is something that's I wouldn't be surprised good. to see at a PlayStation presentation, especially because historically PlayStation is yeah. usually aligned with Call of Duty. Like, those are the things I expect to see. But then also, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to get a couple more uh, like PlayStation Indies. Like, that's the thing that they've really been going hard on, especially when you look at the 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 june event right like we got bug snacks goodbye volcano high jet the far shore the little devil inside odd world soul storm stray solar ash and i'm right now i'm just looking at the playstation indies page that they have on the website uh because they've they've really made it a thing to take ownership um which is nice to see like even fall guys is is on, is on there um where the heart is and the games that they announced outside of that event uh just on Twitter slash the PlayStation blog. The game is super um, fun, by the way. Fall Guys, I didn't talk oh about God. it, but the game fucking rocks. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, Fall Guys is awesome. 
Um, but yeah, like the, I, I think there's there's a lot of options there. I don't think I don't think whatever the next PlayStation event is going to be, I don't expect it to be as focused as the June event, but maybe as big in terms of all the stuff they have there. Like I, I can see it being more of a, hey, this is just a big presentation of of what we have, right? And there could be updates on, oh yeah, more on Spider Man, Miles Morales. Here's Call of Duty. Uh, here's a Ubisoft game. Here's Far Cry Six gameplay. Like here, like I can I can see it being more of an amal- amalgamation of those things. So with that, uh, the rumors right now are it's a state of play. Imran, you're definitely way more insider than we are when it comes to this stuff. Do you expect it to be state of play? And if so, is it the traditional state of play format, or do they kind of adapt their the June format a little bit more to to make it a little more fresh? I. I believe it is a state of play. I have heard that they have been... <laughs> every, everyone complained about the previous ones being like, why don't you just copy Nintendo Directs? They've been like, well, let's just like... Let's try to form it a little bit more after Nintendo Directs when they were still a thing. But I I expect that's kind of what we're going to look is not just... Not in terms of like colors and, you know, it's the same voice and the same zoom in and zoom out. It's probably more like, okay, we need to bring the little, things a little bit harder now. Because you can tell they've been trying. Like, Resident Evil 3 was revealed at 1, Final Fantasy 7 Remake was re-revealed at it. Like, they're, they are capable of being big news ones, and now is a good time to unleash one with big guns. Very exciting stuff. On the Xbox side of things, Greg, yeah. what do you see happening at, the, at whatever showcase that ends up being? Uh, you mean in terms of games or in terms of services or just in terms of general? Uh, let's just stick to the games. I don't know. Like, this is the same thing we keep talking about. Like, I think the fact that they're coming out swinging, both these people, that we're hearing that both of these are going to be uh, uh, big, right? That both these companies have something up their sleeves. It, you do get into this, what could it still be, right? And it is that, obviously, uh, you know, when do we hear what the initiatives game is? I don't know. but I, And I don't know if you partner that here, but it's also, we're on top of Jeff Keighley's, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? The finale to Game Fest, Hoping right? Live. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's so much stuff to go on there. I think it's the same thing of Xbox having to drive home what this is and what the Xbox ecosystem is. And I think that they have a really compelling argument for it. And I think that the way they, you know, of course, uh make us take our medicine is that yeah all right cool the xbox series x is here and it costs 500 dollars, 599 us dollars whatever right but we're also unveiling right the xbox uh series s here it is smaller it is cheaper it's the price of an xbox uh one x right now and then of course don't forget that next month in september xbox game pass ultimate gets uh x cloud and that's the start of x cloud's uh, ascension to becoming a vital business model for us where it's been in beta now it's moving to this and we hope by the end of the year or we we will by the end of the year have it be standard that you can access any game you've bought on your xbox uh in the xbox platform and so suddenly you have it behind him right of so you can play all your xbox games for either 15 dollars for 399 us dollars or 599 us dollars the xbox is the best place to play with the most options to play it's like this has to be i think their pin in it you know i mean there's been we've been able to talk so much and hear see so much and have so much presented to us this is where they solidify all the arguments they've made into one comprehensive pitch that everybody can look at and go oh i get it the final question before we end the show and get into the post show which will be another episode of bless up our favorite Bless game who. show. Bless who? Damn it. So close. <laughs> so close. Imran, we're talking about the Xbox Game Showcase they just did, being focused on Game Pass. 
every game there had to be a part of Game Pass, so they weren't going to show anything that wasn't. Obviously, that means that any first-party Xbox title would have been there that we're expecting to see of, of a major consequence. What third-party megaton, realistic third-party megaton, do you think could be in the August Xbox event? I've said it before, but I feel like Dead Rising is a good one to actually like trot out again because it makes people remember times they really liked the Xbox. Like a very nostalgic feeling for the Xbox 360. Uh, beyond that, let's see. They they mostly tie themselves to games rather than get like new exist like big things. I think the biggest thing they could probably get at this point Overwatch 2. Hmm. Like yeah, I, I wouldn't say exclusive, but maybe like a big marketing deal or like first on Xbox or we have right, it free on Game Pass. Yeah. If it's free I, on Game I Pass, it would be the it. biggest thing. I could not fathom it. I couldn't fathom it. Like Overwatch is so big, I couldn't exp- I couldn't imagine a first on Xbox sort of thing for that game. My but mind would what be blown. if they did? <laughs> I could man. I don't think so. I I, 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 I do I do think, think it's likely. I think it's yeah. like so. Here's the thing: the reason we talk about Game Pass and Sony or PlayStation Five like being different battles right now is because when Sony won this past generation, they won it by taking the install base from Xbox from the 360. What Microsoft is trying to do now is they're trying to grow that audience. You can't can't grow that audience necessarily by taking away from Sony. So that's where that question kind of feels like. I don't know what one exclusive they could wrap up. They would have to make something, I think, they have to I kind of hit on the next big thing before it becomes a big thing. So it, it it's like they had to have gotten PUBG before PUBG was already big on PC and then came to Xbox. Got it. Greg Miller. And got it. I figured it out, guys, what Xbox will do there, right? It's finally time. And you talk about it. Imran nailed it right there. They attach themselves to games, right? Rather than make their make them their own kind of thing we've gone around and around and around before with like all right well nintendo has a marvel exclusive game playstation has a marvel exclusive game when's xbox getting one i don't think they are instead i think what will happen is if and this is you know a pie in the sky get hype moment prediction i think this would be the time right how many years imran how many fucking years has it been since we heard about that guardians of the galaxy game that was supposed Mm. to be going on it uh uh uh, IDOS. That would have been God. It was like 2009, 2010. No, no, not, no, 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 no. That's way too far. That's way too far. No, I wait, maybe one. I'm thinking wrong. Like 2017. No, I, yeah. I, I think a Telltale one. Yeah, 20. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, like 2015, 2016. Like that's been a, like one of those things everybody heard about forever ago and never heard any movement on. I think you could do a cool teaser trailer there where you know what I mean. That'd be, like, you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be and that'd be and it's not exclusive to them. It's just like. Hey, this is where we're making the marketing deal, right? This is like, I don't want to say a make good because that's not true, but it's like a, a, hey, this is how we're playing with Marvel and we're going to have, well, not exclusive content, but a review. That's my thing about the, the RE8 thing. It's like RE8 is not going to be exclusive to PlayStation, but it was at the event and Xbox didn't have any of those bangers because at the last Xbox event, because they had to have the Game Pass messaging. So at this next one, they can do things that are, it are just alignments, but are still major things, you know? And I, yeah, I feel like... I, I, I like, think they, also, they also had that chance in, in May, and <laughs> they like, did. Got, they like, totally Assassin's did. And I mean, like, Bright like, Memory Infinite. Capcom has done this thing for years of they would have one banger at Sony and one banger at Microsoft. Like last year, I think was Resident Evil Two. 
No, year before last, Resident Evil 2 and DMC, uh, DMC 5. 5 at Microsoft. Yeah. This year, it was RE8 at Sony and then nothing at Microsoft. So I'm really curious, like, was Pragmata made for Microsoft? What Did they have something they didn't show? Well, my, that, that goes to my point, though, is that DMC wasn't exclusive to Microsoft, which means it wouldn't have been on Game Pass. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I think if the Capcom, or Capcom game, not exclusive, but just alignment, it would be at this next showcase. Presumably, this next showcase not being everything. If, it, if it's a big Pass. thing, like, and and are we are we presuming that this next big Microsoft showcase is going to be like a huge thing? Dino Crisis, oh, <laughs> which was tied to Xbox. True. Mm. We'll see, man. We'll see. I think this has been the kind of funny games cast. Yeah. I love you guys so much. <laughs> uh, we're about to do the post show. We're going to do the fun game show. Bless who. I've uh, been loving this. This one, sure to be one for the ages uh, for patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporters. Until next week, I love you guys. <laughs>